It's gonna be a wild day, I promise you that. FC Live, Scotty Von, AJ Krasinski, Evan Kratz, and Adam Jones. We'll have news, I think, during the show of waiver pickups, but also news right at the top, actually, so I don't forget. Tom Verducci is gonna join us in less than 15 minutes. Brandon Belt, who is great. I'm looking forward to um, his antics. He will join us soon from the Toronto Blue Jays. And Lane Thomas, who's been a great player on the Nationals this year. There is news right off the top. Adam Jones is signing with the Baltimore Orioles on a one-day contract. Adam, is this true? Is he going to land in a ballpark now on this Where in the World is Adam? (laughs) Uh, This is pretty cool news. Um, You gave me a look like you didn't know it, but you know it. It was in the works. I didn't know the extent of it. Uh, This was a very subtle announcement. Um, But I couldn't go out as a Buffalo. Um, You know, I I just (laughs) think that when paperwork is filed, I I need to be an Oriole. It's a formality. They asked me if I wanted to take batting practice. Yeah. Hell no. No. Hell yes. (laughs) Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. I'd be in full uni. Swing that I thought about that and, like, try and tackle this left field wall because I definitely would not have had as many home runs if that was still – if that was built here. But – it's just uh, to be appreciated and uh, go out as an Oriole instead of going out at, as, uh, as a Buffalo. And, again, it's a formality, but I think it's something really cool for my kids to see and uh, just to, again, be celebrated. No, that's cool. I, I didn't realize how it goes down. It's, it's cool to get a little behind the scenes. So they come to you like, hey, dude, do you want to do something like this? This isn't like something that you, you know, woke up one day and said, you know what, I got to sign a one-dayer with the Orioles. It's kind of mutual, but I did. It was. I think it was more of like me pushing it. I was like, "Hey, let, like we we've spoken with each other recently. Like, let me go out this way. Um, obviously, I'm done playing, done, done. But I think just for formality and uh, to just, I guess, get a, a proper uh, send off. My exit in 2018 wasn't as uh, grand, and as many people know. Um, but this could be a good way, for, I think, for both of us to uh, to just go out in, in in a good way. And you know, they're they're having a hell of a hell of a year. Um, they're gonna it's gonna be a packed crowd September fifteenth, and it just can be a just a real cool event. Some people aren't happy because it falls on Rosh Hashanah. Mm. I didn't create this, but some people aren't happy about that. Mm. Okay. That's fair. You've heard it from some fans that wanted to show up that said they can't. That's fair. Yeah, and they're like, hey, like, I'm, and I'm like, I didn't think of that before. I didn't know it was Rosh Hashanah. No offense, and, but I didn't. As someone that knows you, I'm going to say this because you're my friend. <laughs> you are not the um, plus calendar man. Right. You know, like, you're uh, not I'm an 80-grade calendar <laughs> keeper. Is that fair? <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> And also, Kratz, I just don't want Jonesy to distract the Orioles right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they already have, a, they already have an ownership to do that. <laughs> an ownership already does that. Jonesy's not distracting anybody. And, and you can't just say, just because you say you're my friend, you can't just say whatever you want, okay? So that's like saying with all due respect, you can't, like, you can't just say whatever. That could have hurt Jonesy's feelings. <laughs> AJ does that to me every like five minutes. I have a counter. I'm like, has AJ made fun of me in five minutes? What's going on? I, then I sometimes I just make sure that he's not just. But he's frozen. not your friend. Great point, Krebs. Thank you. Great Debatable. point. Debatable. Great point. AJ's AJ's a softie. He's a hugger. He's just mm-hmm. he's just warm and full of energy. So I'm full of energy, but it yeah. might be warm energy. Well, good. I'm glad you have some energy for this because <laughs> we're gonna charge the damn mound. And we're going to get to now the official news, even though AJ Pierzynski already broke the news. What was it, two days ago? A couple days ago on this show. Yeah. So if you watch the show, you've known this for a while. Rumors had been spreading for a while, but it is official that Chris Getz is the new VP and GM of the Chicago White Sox. Now, we're not showing one of the tweets of it being official from everyone because we know that. I'm going to show you this tweet from our buddy Jim Bowden, who's been on here before, who said he's the perfect hire Strong leadership skills, elite evaluator, strong communication skills, and the right person to turn around the culture in their organization. His familiarity top to bottom enhances his ability for a relatively quick turnaround, too. So there are some tweets out there, and he's not the only one talking about Chris Getz and 
his character and his ability. I don't know him personally. And I think the public perception, which we continue to talk about, AJ, is you went internal. It doesn't seem like they did any homework. And you, from public optics, they're going to have to prove that you're hiring somebody who's been in the organization for a long time in a somewhat prominent role, and the organization's not in a good spot. It's just a tough sell until something turns around. Can we share that tweet again before I start? Sure. Please, from Jim. Perfect hire. Okay, great. I, I know Chris Getz. I wish him nothing but the you best. played with him, right? Played with Chris Getz. I know him. I, I see him when I go to Chicago. You know, listen, no problem with Chris Getz. It's not a personal thing. Strong leadership skills. Okay, we'll, we'll go with that. Strong talent evaluator? Seven years. Don't have one player that you can come up with that they've developed from the minor leagues other than guys that were top ten draft picks or traded for from another organization. Robert, Moncada, but those are like – Mercado was traded. Robert, okay, Robert. He's but he was older. He was a Cuban guy. He wasn't. Yeah. He didn't start in rookie ball. Drafted out of high school and work his way up. I Are mean, they he, not drafted and developed, dude. Five, five, give Andrew Vaughn third overall pick. He's supposed to be really good. Gavin Cheats was a first rounder, I believe. He doesn't even play. Crochet. Crochet no, was I in know. the minor leagues for a week. Yeah. And he's hurt. He ain't done anything. Cease was a trade. Cease trade. Kopech trade. Mancada trade. Jimenez trade. Elvis Andrews. I mean, Tim Anderson, but he was before Getz, right? Mm-hmm. Who? Grandal? No. I'm talking impact player. Fine. I can't find one. I, I, I mean, I, it's, it's these aren't personal attacks. These are facts, right? And I, I wish they were better news because I'm a Royal Tech fan. I want them to be better. Okay, now, there's also a bunch of things that people have to understand about things that have happened in this organization. And if you don't know them, I, I, don't, I hate to bring this up, but like the Omar Vizquel situation – you don't know about that and the West Helms thing that happened, like that's bad. And he was in charge of these things and knew these things were going on and, and, and nothing happened right for a long time. Mm-hmm. It took a public outcry for things to happen. And I played with Omar Vizquel and I know Wes Helms and this isn't, but this, these are things that have been out there, right? But nobody's talking about them. So for me, the problem I have with this hire as a White Sox fan, they didn't talk to anybody else. Jerry knew when he, when he fired Rick and Kenny, he was already going here. So this is on Jerry Reinsdorf. And I like Jerry. I know Jerry very well. But this is, to me, and I hope Chris gets proves me wrong, you got to go out and ask for other people, man. People are like Mike Rizzo. Mike Rizzo wasn't coming. Mike Rizzo was using this to, to get more power with the Nationals, right? But there are a lot of people. And the other thing about Chris Getz, and, and Kratz knows him well, Kratz played with him too, knows him. Here's the thing. He wasn't like wanted by all these other organizations. It's not like, man, we need Chris Getz as our GM and you know VP because all these other organizations. I mean, it's not like he's Heim Bloom or uh, what's the uh, the guy in uh, LA Friedman. Yep. And like all these other guys that all these other organizations, uh, Stearns in Milwaukee, where they're like, man, we really need this guy. I hadn't heard one time where other organizations were like, man, we want Chris Getz as the leader of our organization. So to me, this is the typical White Sox Jerry Reinsdorf comfortable hire. And, I'm, oh, I know Chris Getz. He's, he's nice to me when he's up in my suite every game. So we can just move him next in line. And then the next argument's going to be, oh, well, Chris wasn't allowed to because Rick and Kenny. Well, then why didn't you leave and go somewhere else? Why didn't you – you can still make moves. Mm-hmm. You can still do things. You can go to Jerry and say, Jerry, this isn't working. Let me have a little more freedom. And Jerry will talk to Rick and Kenny. Because there was a big thing, I don't know, with Kenny Jr. where allegedly Kenny Williams Jr. was working for him and they were there was some friction there and, I know Getz went to Jerry and said, hey, we need to clean this up, and they cleaned it up. So, like, th- there's ways around it. So don't give me that. Your hands were tied. Because your hands weren't tied. You are you just – I mean, just – there was no players coming. So you said blame scouting. But every team has the same scouts, and they develop players from somewhere. International guys. They don't have any international guys they've signed. When's the last, like, Latino guy they've signed, Latin guy they've signed, that, out of nowhere that's like, you know, Fran Bervalda signed for five grand. No one, no hitters for the Astros. Like that, those guys don't exist for the White Sox. Well, I mean, Robert Abreu, those kind of guys. But you're saying they're professional guys. You're Abreu saying, didn't play in the minor leagues. Robert was in the minor leagues for like zero time. Yeah, you're I saying mean, they're minor league guys. That they I'm talking guys you sign, yeah, and you develop from a from a rookie ball, A ball type. And I, and I'm not again. The stars are going to be the stars when you draft in the top ten. But I'm talking about like a tenth round pick that you're like, man, we made this dude into a stud. We, we, we developed him. There isn't that guy in the organization. 
And that's the thing for me as a White Sox fan. I need to see that. Why did they interview anyone else? Jerry. Jerry's, Jerry makes the decision. He's the one with the power. Even if you want him, can I bring this Maybe up Maybe they too? did interview somebody else. I, I hope that they come out and say that because this is a big thing that I know for a fact in some very smart organizations. Kratz, when they move on from a manager or a front office member, some organizations will bring in a ton of people. They will interview them. They will bring in smart people from other orgs, and they will get intel. At the very least, they might have a pretty strong inclination on who they're hiring. They will get great intel on what's going on around the league, right? Because you're preparing for your job. You're worried about yourself as an individual. So that's my thing. Could have found out a lot. I mean, I don't know who's finding out a lot because it's Jerry and, you know, who else is doing those interviews right now? Like who is even conducting an interview besides Jerry? Jerry? So it's one Jerry. person. So right. So I don't think he's gaining a ton of knowledge. It's not like it's him and a team president or something. There right? is There's no, no team president. Yeah. There's no anybody. It's Jerry. Oh, There's Jerry and Jerry. Just like when they hired Tony LaRusso. There was Jerry and Jerry. Mm-hmm. Right? When Jerry makes a decision, it happens. Fine. But we already went through the whole thing. I went through it with LaRusso and Dayton Moore when Dayton Moore was rumored. And who knows? Dayton Moore probably will still come in. I don't know that. But I knew, I, as I said, I knew Getz was, I'd heard through many people that Getz was already done. Yep. Right? But, you know, Tony LaRusso is the one guy that Jerry Reinsworth listens to more than anybody. And if you have the kiss of approval from basically Tony LaRusso and Jim Tomey, which I think Getz has both, clearly, here You're is good. the new GM. You're good to go. When I talked to Getzy about the job when he took, when he took the job first, first or second year, he... I mean, it was one of those conversations we were talking about. It. I'm like, dude, it's so crazy. You're a player development guy because you were a huge dork player, like just joking around. And he goes, there is a lot to clean up. And so this was at the beginning. Now, what happened in the last seven years? I don't know. Jim Bowden never, he never said, he never said he's, he might be a strong talent evaluator. <laughs> they just might not have had any talent. Like at some point, like, the biggest to me, besides Jerry, I'm just looking at an outsider's point of view. The biggest problem for the White Sox is they don't ever fire anybody. So I'm assuming it's the same thing in the minor leagues. So if you're just always keeping your job, then what's ever going to change? And to me, unless Getsy gets the opportunity to fire people and keep people accountable, just like Ozzy said when he was talking to you on the Legends territory. I don't see how anything's going to change. And the whole like, oh, you didn't hear anybody's name, anything about like Chris Getz's name around the league, all that stuff, in my opinion, it's self-promotion. You hear about somebody's name, you hear, and we're going to have Tom Verducci on. I'm sure he's self-promoted certain guys as GMs, like, oh, so they can get another contract or whatever it is getting their, you know, because writers will promote these guys based on what, these guys are saying, Hey, promote me or yeah, you can promote me. But so I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I know Getsy as a person and you, you alluded to that too, AJ. I hope as a person, I hope he does an awesome job because he really is a great dude and whether he's going to be a good GM or not, ultimately we don't know. Mr. Jones. I mean, these these guys are very passionate, especially AJ, about the organization. I mean, I think he knows the org pretty well. Yeah, I mean, you know the organization well. well it's, and like, it, it's, it's like you, Adam, when you talk about the Orioles. Like you, yeah. I, I mean, I listen. I want Chris Getz to be awesome. I want him to be an incredible gentleman. I, I play with Chris Getz. I've known Chris Getz for fifteen years. Right. I, I want him to do well. You it's watch like, every damn White Sox. I watch Sox it still game. every damn White Sox game. I don't know why. I mean, Dan, why don't they go and hire Michael Elias? Fuck you and your Orioles, Jones, and let's go get him. That is a great point. Is a friend I texted a friend of mine who's a White Sox fan, and he was like, "Hey, why didn't we go outside of the box? We should, we've been inside of this box for so long, and like you said, you know, go out and just change it up, get somebody brand new. Rizzo is not leaving. We all know that, um, but there's other GMs out there and people who want to be GMs and candidates. But you said they stayed within house. Um, I don't know the White Sox in particular that way, but it seems like with with the last three years with the LaRusa hire, the not getting along with the players, and then it goes to the expectations. They obviously have not met those expectations. 
and you know then the the trades and it's just it's just it's a it's a shit show over there and uh, hopefully get again I like Getz too I played against him I hope he does a fantastic job but again he has an uphill battle. We're just saying it like it is. And yeah, that's important here. So we'll continue this. We'll ask Tom Verducci about this when he swings back and a lot to get to with Tom, including the waiver wire extravaganza today, Shohei Otani situation, um, biggest flop in his mind in terms of, you know, Padres, Mets, Yanks, Cardinals, surprise teams, a lot to cover with Tom Verducci coming up. Braun, Jones, Kratz, Przinsky, and for the first time on this show, Tom Verducci joining us from Sports Illustrated, MLBN, Fox. You can read a lot of his articles on SA.com and also listen to his pod with Joe Madden and Tom Verducci. We give him the, uh, the A-plus treatment here. Wait, hold up. There it is. Nice. Very well done behind the scenes by the crew. Uh, his latest article is on Josh Donaldson. It's it's called Josh Donaldson Released by the Yankees is an Exit Velocity Cautionary Tale, which I'm sure these guys will want to get into. Tom, great to see you, and we appreciate the time. And if you didn't catch any of our White Sox talk, first off, wanted to just get your thoughts on the internal hire of Chris Getz to lead the next great White Sox team. Yeah, I wasn't surprised, guys. We had heard all along that the White Sox were likely to stay in-house. Um, you guys know Jerry Reinsdorf. He's about as loyal as any owner in the business. It took a long time for him to sour on Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn, but you kind of figured he wasn't going to put out an APB to find the next great general manager. He's like, what do I have in-house? He likes to reward people in-house. I get that. He also said pretty much early on, we wanted somebody in place by the end of the year. Now, I don't love that scenario because what you're doing is you're ruling out anybody who's actually under contract to a team this year. I mean, why not wait until the offseason to see who shakes loose? Uh, you know, there's probably rumors that David Stearns is going to wind up with the Mets anyway. But why not at least give yourself a chance to get somebody like that and just hold off for a couple of months? I don't think there's a lot of urgency to have a guy here by the end of the season. But given the way the White Sox operate, the way they like to stay in-house, I didn't think it was a big surprise. Right, Tom. I I agree. I agree. And listen, as a fellow Fox contributor like you, you know, you're my you're kind of my partner in the playoffs. Thank you. Have you ever Kratz hit on this, and I'm going to steal Kratz's thunder here. But have you ever promoted a guy personally because you think they've asked you to, or they've said, "Hey, you know, I'm in line for this job. Can you push me over the finish line?" Yeah, I mean, listen, it's uh, to me, again, I'd rather widen the pool of candidates, right? And you think about Chris Getz, he's been in charge of the White Sox player development. I mean, look at the people, of position player-wise, especially on the field for the White Sox, and you tell me who has really developed and gotten better at the big league level. I'll give you Luis Robert, for sure. After that, I, I don't see that with Vaughn, I don't see it with Moncada, I don't see it with Anderson. I mean, up and down the line of Jimenez, I just don't see players getting better or close to what their ceiling is. Is that all in Chris Getz? No, but when you're in charge of the player development system, developing a player begins in the minor leagues, continues through the major leagues. Whatever is going on in there in Chicago, to me, is not working because we talk about this team underachieving the last couple of years. I have not buy, bought that at all, guys. I have not liked this team the last couple of years. I think they've been too right-handed. I think they hit way too many ground balls. I think they chase way too much. It's not a diverse offense. I never thought this team was what a lot of people thought they were, just based on sheer ability. So there's probably something systematically here that needs to change in the White Sox system. And maybe it would have taken an outside eye to really discover that. And, how, and kind of what AJ was asking about, like, do you ever promote somebody that you're like, oh, like to me, if I were to say who should be a GM, Raul Abanez should be a GM. I think Raul Abanez would do an amazing job because of all the things he's gone through. But guys that you've that you've connected with throughout your time that are like, hey, I'd like to become a GM, whether the assistant GM, because we talked about the fact that Chris Getz, his name never came up anywhere. And I feel like that kind of stuff is like self-promoting. Or are we wrong and we just missed – Chris gets his name somewhere. No, I don't think you're wrong. I think, you know, the, the jury is still out on what he might be as a GM. I like your idea of Raul Abanez. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of the Rangers going out and getting Chris Young. I thought that was a great hire by Texas. And I said that at the time, not seeing the Rangers sitting here, you know, competing for an AOS championship. But 
uh, a former player who's seen the game from the business side and from that uh, commissioner's office side. Uh, I love all love all of his hires that he brought in there, starting with the manager. So it's a good call to look at a former player who has that broad breadth of experience. Obviously, Chris Getz is a former player, but doesn't have that broad breadth of experience. I also look at guys like James Click, uh, who deserves absolutely another job as a GM. I mentioned David Stearns. There's other people out there who you might be able to get or at least make a phone call. I always say this about managers. When people always want the manager fired, you better have somebody else in mind who is a better option. And give credit, again, to Chris Young because Bruce Bochy's a Hall of Fame manager. When he's out there and you're looking for a new manager, you make that call. Maybe Bruce Bochy says, no, I'm cool. I'm, I'm retired. I don't want to manage. But that's a call you have to make. And for me, David Stearns is that guy right now. And again, maybe he winds up with the Mets. Maybe that's behind the scenes a, a done deal. But I don't want to close myself out from the opportunity of hiring somebody like that. Tom, how you doing, brother? Um, Good, man. What, what the hell is going on with them angels? Uh, this waiver <laughs> wire, like I've obviously usually you throw a player on waivers and then other teams claim them and it's a whole different process. Now it's just come get them for free. Take what you want, <laughs> pick what you want, just take the salaries. It's a la carte or something like that. What the hell is going on with the Angels and how can this set a precedence for not just this year but for the future? Major League Yard Sale. I love the idea. It's actually as messed up up as the angels are we all know that you know the longest drought along with detroit and american league as far as making the postseason you know a lot of wrong decisions given all that this is actually a brilliant move this is a team that obviously is not going to the postseason but yet in trying to get there they push themselves over the luxury tax limit I mean, the worst thing to do is to pay a luxury tax and you're not even a playoff team right so that would affect if they're going to, I don't think they will re-sign Otani, but say they have plans to re-sign Otani, they're definitely going over the luxury tax. So you'd rather go over there as a first-time offender than a second-time offender. You save yourself literally millions of dollars. You also move up your draft pick that you're going to get if Otani leaves by not being a payer into the luxury tax system. It makes perfect sense to put these guys on, on the curbside and say, hey, Pick them up. <laughs> you know, this is they're there for anybody to, to pick up. And I get it. Some people are saying, you know what, this is unfair to pennant races because let's say the Marlins have the first shot at all these guys as the teams who are still contenders. And it goes in order of record, of course. So the Marlins could go pick up Giolito and Bader and Renfro. They pick up as many as they want, right? Maybe that changes the race. Well, so what? I'm okay with that. I love player movement. You Usually we, you know, we close this out. Those Justin Verlander deals in August don't happen anymore because of the new rules. So I think it's actually a brilliant play by the Angels. Let's see how many they wind up dumping here. But if I'm a contender, I have to at least look at these guys because I don't have to give up talent to add a player for September and then have them on my postseason roster. I think it's a brilliant move. So, Tom, we have you at the literal perfect time <laughs> as news is coming out right now. So we're seeing from multiple people that the Angels have gotten all of their players claimed. Now, I don't know if that means like Tyler Anderson, who has multiple years. I think people are talking about yeah. the guys that are rentals. But the Cleveland Guardians reverse course a little bit. And I know they've got to eat some innings in their rotation, but they pick up Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez. Because those two are a package deal everywhere they go. They will they not are a package deal. They went from the Nationals or the White Sox to the Angels or the Guardians. And Harrison Bader gets picked up by the Reds, and then we'll see if there's any others during these next five to ten minutes. But your thoughts on those two to start, especially Cleveland going bold because they had an upper priority. Yeah, I mean, my mistake, I counted Cleveland out, but the last couple of days they have picked up a game or two. So they did obviously have a choice before the Marlins in, in terms of putting in a claim. So good on them. I mean, they're still not literally out of it. And again, this is like a free test drive, right, to pick up one of these players. Now, Giolito, I was looking at his numbers, guys. He's been bad with the, with the Angels. I don't think there's anything wrong with him physically. In fact, his velo is actually up a little bit with the Angels. But if you look at the way he's spraying his fastball, his command has been terrible with the fastball. And I chalk it up to a guy going back home, dropped into a, a pennant race, just trying way too hard. Now, I don't know if Cleveland, and they're really good with pitching, uh, kind of settles him down. They get something out of him. But it's worth a shot. I don't know how you can go wrong. So good on the Guardians for, for picking up both arms, really good arms. Um 
and maybe they're not completely out of it. I mean, this could wind up being a brilliant move by them. It's the advantage of kind of picking first in the pecking order here. So, again, this to me now is going to get the Angels below the luxury tax threshold. Mission accomplished. By the way, um, is this more of Cleveland saying we know it's Terry Francona's last year? We're going to take a shot. Mm, maybe. I mean, because. Hey, why not? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, mean, it's I'm kind sure of into that. To- I'm sure if they went to Tito, I'm sure they did and say, hey, we got a chance to pick up some of these guys. What do you think? He's like, yeah. Are you kidding? What do we have to give up? Wait, we're giving up nothing for Giolito and Lopez? Sign me up. So in the offseason, do those two have to sign somewhere together? Yeah, right. They've been everywhere together. An incredible package deal. You're right. And so question for you, because this is a surprise, right? I think the Marlins probably would have been interested in at least Reynaldo Lopez to help the bullpen. David Robertson has been just okay with them. And then you even go a little further, like the Cincinnati Reds were a huge miss to me at the trade deadline because I know this might not be their year year, but still, you get in as a wild card team. It's a big sell to your fans that have been showing up. They do pick up Bader that helps the defense and against lefty. So and against left-handed pitching. So at least you help your run prevention there a little bit even though the pitching has been a problem for them, right? Yeah, I agree with you, especially at the deadline. I thought the Reds needed another starting pitcher. And, and I knew that, you know, Hunter Green and Lodolo were coming back. Um, but Ashcroft's innings starting to pile up. Uh, Abbott's innings starting to pile up. I think it's so hard. You guys know this. When you rely so much on young starting pitching, and I'll put the Marlins in the same boat, by the time you get to September, most of these guys have never really pitched that sixth month of the season. They talk about August being the dog days, and yeah, there's some truth to that. But making those starts when you get to 25, 26, 27, 28, a month you haven't pitched in before in a pennant race, I think that's asking a lot from young pitchers. So I'd rather build some, build in some insurance, and I thought the Reds uh, could have gone out there and picked up, you know, not a front of rotation guy, but just a veteran guy who can probably stretch you out. Like the Lorenzen deal with the Phillies, unbelievable, because they could go to a six-man rotation, kind of cut back on all the work that Nola and Wheeler have carried the last couple of years. That was the kind of move I'm talking about a team like the Reds should have made and give credit to the Phillies. I mean, Dave Dombrowski is as good as there is. And I'm not saying that because the dude threw a no-hitter, but perfect guy to have on that team. I'll just add one bit of news before your question, Kratz. You keep breaking news here, Scott. I mean, (laughs) it it all happens in this one little time period. I wish I'm the one, but no, I mean, I'm just looking at my uh, Twitter feed blowing up. The Guardians also get Matt Moore. He's had a really good year when he's been been on the mound. So we we were talking about this yesterday because we haven't been in a situation like this before. Hold on, Tom. Tom. Ken Rosenthal, your Fox colleague, broke that one. So you better get off this interview and get on your phone. No, Tom. (laughs) Tom is not a Twitter monster. That's not his thing. Um, but I will say Matt Moore gets added. There were questions from fans and we had questions too, because we hadn't been in this situation before. We're like, can one team just claim everyone? And the answer is yes. It goes in order of record and the guardians could pick up all these guys before it gets to the next group. So they just had a massive, massive trade deadline haul. We were saying the twins had the best AL central trade deadline because they did nothing basically. And everyone else sold now the guardians just whip their ass dude they're five days yeah and i'm sure those other teams man right they didn't see i don't think they saw the guardians coming to this extent because matt moore i thought was maybe the most valuable piece out there right everybody is looking for bullpen help especially a left-hander coming out of the bullpen this time of year what contender doesn't want that uh i think the only issue for the guardians now and i'm not familiar enough with the back end of their roster is just finding roster room for all these guys on the 40 man um, but again, we talked about young pitching. They have a ton of young pitching. These guys are really going to help this staff navigate September. Whatever shot the, the Guardians have at getting in the postseason, I'll tell you what, the Minnesota Twins noticed what happened today. I can tell you that. They, yeah. The Guardians now are in the rearview mirror of the Twins for sure. They just handled them, and they've got another series against them. I'm just saying. They're five games out. I know, but you sweep them in a series. That makes up three games right there. Just saying. Okay. Just saying. And also, one more. Renfro picked up by the Reds, too. They get – Renfro and Bader. Okay, Kratz, I'm done. Go ahead. No, just basically the waiver claims just you got to go live in Ohio. So essentially that's what I'm saying. What did Joe Kim Noah say? Nobody ain't nobody going on vacation to Cleveland. Nobody's <laughs> going on vacation to Cleveland. All right, with Bader going to the Reds, obviously the big news about like Wells and uh, the Martian, Dominguez coming up. 
are we looking at a situation similar in New York as 2016 where they called up Judge and Gary Sanchez and kind of were like, maybe we're going to try to build, but adding these pieces, could it next year be the 2017 equivalent? Yeah, I don't think they have that kind of talent, but the philosophy is the same. You might as well run these guys out there, kind of get a look at the major league level of what you have talent-wise with Dominguez and Pereira and Peraza and some of these younger players. Um, I don't think these are quite impact players immediately, certainly not on the Eric Judge level, but I think it's a smart thing for the Yankees. I mean, they have so few outfielders going into next season that you know they had to make this move to – especially with Dominguez, put this guy in the big leagues. What do you have to lose? I mean, I've always had a problem with people who say when you promote a guy to the big leagues, you should do that to have the guy stay. You don't want a guy going back. I don't see anything wrong with having to send a guy back to the minor leagues. So, you know, if he has more needs more seasoning when next year starts, that's fine. But get his feet wet, get him in the major leagues. It also, you know, shows your fans that this is not a completely lost season. It is in terms of postseason. <laughs> But, you know, let the fans see what's coming up in the system and, and let these guys play. So I like what they're doing here. Listen, I, I said coming into this season about the Yankees, man, they, they just kind of doubled down on a team that got absolutely blitzed by the Astros and the ALCS. They showed their age last year. And I knew coming into this season, guys, that this year is going to be about young players. When you think about the rules this year, right, it's encouraging stolen bases. Without the, the shifts on defense, you need range on defense. Um, there's a reason we put Julio Rodriguez on the cover of SI, the baseball preview issue this year, because that's where the game was going. We could see that, right? If you think about the Reds, the Orioles, the Rays, the Diamondbacks, all these teams that popped up, how are they doing it this year? They're not doing it with older players, man. They're doing it with athleticism, range, and speed. The Yankees have none of that. So they've been playing an outdated game this year, and this kind of starts at least to turn the page towards playing the game that really you need to play now in, in today's rules. Wait, wait, wait. You said you're not going to see them as an impact. Did you see Aaron Judge being the impact <laughs> he was going to be? Because because he hit one 180-something, and Austin Wells actually has one more minor league home run in the last three years than Judge did before he got called up. Yeah, I remember the Yankees talking about Gary Sanchez as kind of the best pure hitter of that group when you thought about Judge and Greg Bird and Sanchez and, uh, and there's some others Tyler came Austin. along later. Tyler Austin, you had uh, Miguel and Duhar. You know, they, they were so loaded on outfielders, or so they thought. Bryce Harper's on the free agent market, and the Yankees go, ah, we're good. We've got six outfielders that we like. We don't need this guy. Are you kidding me? They've been looking for left-handed power ever since they basically took a pass on Bryce Harper. I, I don't know how they stayed out of that game, but they sort of overrated some of their younger players. So you're right about Judge. You know, he was – you look at his swing and miss rate and his strikeout rate that rookie season. It was awful. Give the guy credit. He went and found his own teacher there out in the St. Louis area, completely remade his swing. It's a great story. Um, and he did it really by hard work. But, no, you didn't see this coming when he stepped in the big leagues. You thought this guy was maybe the next Dave Kingman, <laughs> but not this kind of MVP level. Tom, who's been the biggest NL flop? The Padres, the Mets, or the Cardinals? All three teams, high payroll, expectations through the wazoo. This year's not Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> plenty of choices. Huh? <laughs> I, I'm going with the Padres, man. I, I thought the Padres mm. were a World Series team. I really did. Um, I looked at that roster. I, I saw the way they played last year in the postseason. You know, like they played well against the, 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 against the Phillies up until the Harper home run, but – I looked at that team and I love their pitching. I thought that the depth they had really would come into play. And offensively, just a team of superstars. But that's how they've played, right? They have not played like a team. When you break down what the Padres have done this year, when you look at late and close situations, the worst hitting team in baseball. Runners in scoring position, bottom three. Taking strikes in the strike zone, more than any team in baseball. Hitting to the opposite field, one of the worst in baseball. Everything they do screams that this is a team of individuals. They do not play team offensive baseball. I just watched the Chicago Cubs play a series against the Pirates. They move the baseball. They run the bases. If you don't hold runners, they'll take a bag. They start runners on hit and runs. I, I love the way the Cubs, and they're not a great offensive team, but they can beat you in different ways. The Padres 
just never showed the ability to, to play team baseball offensively. So to me, they're the biggest disappointment. We kept waiting and waiting and waiting. And guess what? Here we are getting into September. We're still waiting for this team to get hot. They just haven't been a good team. And the other thing, guys, is you look at that coaching staff. They have changed hitting coaches virtually every season for about 11 straight years. They have about 14 hitting coaches in 12 years. I'm not a big fan of that. I like consistency. I remember talking to Chad Matola of the Rays in, in April when the Rays were the best team in baseball. And he said, you know what? We've had a lot of the same guys here. We have some consistency here. So it's easier to get our messages across. Padres, man, they're just changing the page and, and the language they're using every single year. Now, whether that's why they're not hitting or not, I don't know, but they certainly don't have consistency. Tom, us Fox people, we have the AL this year before the World Series. We'll have you and I will have an ALDS series. So I want to know your prediction on the American League. It seems like it's as wide open as it's ever been. There's no like outstanding team. The National League, you can say probably Braves and Dodgers are the best teams, right? But in the American League, you're like, okay, Orioles, oh, they lost Bautista starting pitching, not great. You, you go to the West, and you're like, oh, there's holes in the Mariners, the Rangers, the Astros this year. In, in the Central, obviously, the Twins have holes. So what's your prediction for the American League, and who are we going to cover? Yeah, first of all, I agree with you. It is really wide open. It depends what week it is, which team you really like the best. I agree with you on Baltimore. They've been the best team all year. I'm not sure they're the best team in the postseason environment. Um, do they have enough swing and miss on the pitching staff, which is really, to me, what you need? I don't know. To me, one of the most dangerous teams is going to be Seattle. And what I like to do is I look at teams that can get you out in the strike zone with stuff when you get to the postseason. Because you guys know, nobody gives away in a bat in the postseason, right? Uh, everybody's locked in. The scouting reports get even more firmer and finer in terms of you know what to look for, what to sit on, what to stay away from. Uh, you can't get away with finesse stuff. You can't get away with getting guys to chase all the time. So to me, I look at what teams can pound the zone with stuff and get you out in the zone. And nobody in the American League does that better than 1 through 13, the Mariners pitching staff. They got a, a pitching staff full of strike throwers who come at you with all these funky angles. You've got, you know, uh, Logan Gilbert throwing the ball from about three feet in front of the plate with that long stride of his. They've got so many different looks. There's no team that's better at throwing fastballs from a low angle to the high point of putting the strike zone, which plays definitely in October. So I think they're a nightmare matchup. You know, they almost took out Houston last year, which is hard to say because they couldn't score any runs. But they could pitch with them inning by inning last year in the postseason. Now they have a little more experience. So are they the best team? I don't know about that, guys, but I think pitching-wise, I think they're the most dangerous American League team in the, in the tournament. If they get in, which I, I think they will. I worked with Tom for many years. We're, we're often on the same page. I mean, you guys are, I mean, man, Scott's been talking about the Mariners since day one. Since March. We, jo we joked on him, but now here they are. Did I waver? Yeah, I don't, well, I never you thought they Padres. He said Padres yeah. Mariners World Series. Okay, sorry. I'm batting 500. <laughs> <laughs> That's just because he wanted to go to the West Coast. That's <laughs> true. That is true. I wanted to go to San Diego. And, hey, no one saw that coming from San Diego. No. Not making the playoffs. No. Tom, awesome to have you on. Really timely for this, too. Uh, appreciate it. Great to catch up with you. Yeah, anytime, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. And make sure you check out SI.com, uh, Tom's latest article on Josh Donaldson and how that signing went so wrong for the Yanks to get a lot more insight on it. Woo, what a day. How was that trade deadline? Dude, we're only like 40 minutes in, dude. We got another hour and a half to go. The Angels just created a second trade deadline. And I do think at some point it's going to get addressed because it is cool to have this. But at the same time, at least let teams then trade or do something. Like, this is just salary dumps. It completely fucks with the integrity of the sport. I mean, Jonesy's on that crazy. CAP. Dude, get on the commissioner's assistance program oh, and to clean up this shit. Hey, hey, man, this is – people wanted different rules. These are the different rules. There's always going to be a manipulation of something, and it's pretty cool. All these guys are just going to other places. Look, it, you know that. When you make one rule, we know how to manipulate it. It's Major League Baseball, Dude, it and it's all, it, and everything else. Here's the thing that ain't cool about it, though. Yeah. The, the, the rules were put in so that you couldn't do this to get under the luxury tax. The Angels are doing it to save money. No, they're going but, to be under the luxury tax. No, I know, tax. because Everybody they got... but Grichik and I... I'm why don't they put Otani on there? Like, claimed. how cool... Dude, how cool be, would... What if they put Otani on waivers? Of like, why not? That would be awesome, but... Why not? Like, him him go to Cleveland? 
wouldn't even get to Cleveland, though. He wouldn't get to you Cleveland. Think, you think the A's would, would, what if he the A's would probably claim him? him. Why? The A's are like, we're claiming him. Anybody that has him instantly profits. Instantly profits. So you, uh, so it's it goes in order of record, not order yes, of yeah. po- actual potential of to get into the playoffs. No, no, no. no. Record. Order okay, of record. So the bad That's teams why are not the Guardians were out. No reason. Everybody's right. already done like an obit on the Guardians, and as you can see here, so they get Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez, and Matt Moore. They yeah, they like, yeah. built right. a new bullpen just now, and they added a, a good starter. starter and a legit starter. Those are three pitchers that have yeah. stuff. That's a huge ad. If we looked at the trade deadline a month ago and said this is what they did, we'd be like, nice. nice they would have gotten those Cleveland. three a month ago. We'd be like, yeah, they might win the division. They might win, and they still think they are. And good for them. Tito is going to call it a career. And this Allegedly. is you he's didn't going hear that to here. call it a career. I will say it, okay? He's Tito can call me if he disputes that. We even had Andre Semenez on, and he said it without saying it. He's calling it a career. It. You said it? On the air. So you said it then. To, to say it with your chest. Who Give cares? him. Yeah. Tito's not hey. coming back next year, Cleveland. I'm sorry. <laughs> so this is your chest. swan song. You want to get the be- You know how they do all the bullshit gifts on the field? Oh, here's your rocking chair made of bats. For Tito, it's here's Giolito, Reynaldo Lopez, and Matt Moore. Go try and shock the world and win a division. They have the same record as the Angels. <laughs> 64 and 70 baby but they're in a different division i know but let's fucking go you're six under it's uh, almost september it's september in hours from now and we just gave you a little extra boost okay <laughs> poor harrison awesome. bader went from new york to cincinnati Bader <laughs> from new york too and he was like a little <laughs> emotional <laughs> sure when was. they were asking him about it the other day Stay at montgomery in. waivers yeah they get him and they get hunter renfro the diamondbacks come up empty and they would have Nick Picoro said he was told they had claims they would have in all taken four all players. Of the dudes on the, that the Guardians got. I'm sure that many teams in that little wild card race, the Diamondbacks, the Reds, Giants. the Giants, the Marlins, were all putting in claims that they missed out on because they're looking and they're going, the Guardians? Really? <laughs> I think it's awesome. I love it. I want all teams to try this. Who's they left? They should have claimed everybody just to mess with everybody. <laughs> and but then done what? <laughs> then they, the okay. Guardians actually yeah. have a chance of making the playoffs. Like I bet their percentage is like two percent or something. But they have a chance. It's five games. They still have games against the Twins. They've been beating them lately. It's not out of the realm of possibility that one team slumps and they gain. It's only one team to pass. This isn't like one of those wild card. This isn't the Red Sox where they're whatever six and change back. There's too many teams to leapfrog. The Guardians have a chance. It's an outside chance. In the central, they have a so chance. They got games against the Royals. They got games against the Tigers. They got games against the White Sox. This is fucking awesome. I love it. I want teams to try. You guys want teams to try, don't you? Like I want every team to try. And also, yeah. their their ownership just spent a few, not a lot, but a few million bucks. And for some owners, that's a big deal. Even though they're all rich, for some owners, that's a big deal. I at least give Guardians ownership credit for saying yes. Let's spend some money here because we we talk way too much about owners that are. That have alligator arms, basically, that are watching their. Rayno Gritchick staying. Why did I? Why was I the lucky Oof. one to get to stay? In He's the only one that didn't That's... get claimed of the of the rental <laughs> what players. If, what if they just did it instead of like getting seven players? You got you know maybe two, maybe three to limit it to where some teams like it looks like it sounds like uh, the teams at the top, the Dodgers, the Orioles, the Braves, they're not getting anybody, and nobody's gonna be left. Literally, like no person. So. Maybe you can limit it because I mean I, I love I love what the Gardens do. I hope they claim nine people and revamp their team and get into the playoffs. But there has to be. I assume there would probably be a limit so that some teams on the back end of it who probably don't need it as they are the records indicate. Uh, but still, they would probably want somebody because Matt Moore, like you said, was the most coveted guy and he could help out. Um, Dude, you're on the commissioner's team. assistance team, bro. Let's go clean this shit up. <laughs> that's a, that's a different. That's, that's a different legality on that side. <laughs> They're not He's doing that. Keep his job, team. He's I'm the fun, the fun part. I'm, I'm all about the fun and the celebration yeah, and the Adam, of the game. Adam's part of the. The he's he's a director of fun and games. That is exactly. that food. Is, no, he's a director of food. Food, director. which is under fun. I'll just give you real quick. So the the Guardian schedule for the rest of the month. Guard uh, Rays this weekend. That's not easy. Three against the Twins to start next week. Then they have four against one of the worst teams in baseball now, the Angels. <laughs> then they have three against the Giants, three against the Rangers, who haven't been playing well lately, three against the Royals, four against the Orioles, two against the Reds, and they finish their season with the Dude, Detroit Tigers. Dude, that's a hard schedule. No, it's not. I don't think that's a hard schedule. Tampa Bay, Minnesota, San Francisco, Texas, Baltimore, Cincinnati. 
Also, you're missing playoff. you're missing Angels, Royals, Tigers, three Half against the team right in front of them. I, I actually and, don't and think no that's that Sox, bad. Man, they need the White Sox to come. They need White Sox right now. <laughs> this is good. This is good. I love this juice. On our YouTube right now, or if you're listening on the pod, what's good? It's Kratz. It's Adam Jones. It's Brzezinski. It's Braun. It's Waiver Day. And there's a ton of movement. And there's even other news. But to recap, the Cleveland Guardians are going for it. They picked up Lucas Giolito, Matt Moore, and Reynaldo Lopez. For free 99 in terms of prospects and paid a few million bucks. Everybody's rich. If you own a team, it's no big deal. The Reds picked up Harrison Bader and Hunter Renfro to give themselves a little boost, including on the run prevention side. Renfro's got a really good arm, and Bader plays a really, really good outfield. Yeah. Even though he struggled with the bat, he can hit lefties. Plays a really good outfield. He'll sub in late. And then Dom Leon claimed by the Mariners. Other teams put in claims, like the Dimebacks apparently put in four claims, but they just didn't get anyone. This is a great one from Bob Nightingale. Do you want to read it? Bob Nightingale, I know you're there, your Padres there, Jonesy, but we're going to tombstone them today. Padres officially give up. They surrender. They didn't bother making a waiver claim. They wouldn't have gotten anyone, but they didn't try. Well, they might have gotten some. They got a worse record than Cleveland. They're 10 under. Do they have a worse record than Cleveland? They're 10 under, aren't they? Yes. Guardians are 6 under. Oh, they're 10 under. You're right. They would have gotten all those guys. They could have gotten everybody. You're right. My bad. Like the Mets are firing everybody, the Padres could have had everybody. You're right. Dominic Leone's about to go off if the Mariners just got him. He did. They he did. did. He did. He's claimed. And then Randall Gritchick was not claimed. Carlos Carrasco was not claimed. He gone. Um, and also there's some news in terms of the Mets making some front office uh, front office shakeups. It's sunny out there, folks. And you need to protect your eyes with premium polarized shades that will not break the bank. Shady Raids coming at you. Okay. Oh, shit. Oh, Jonesy got his, too. Oh, we got now I got to take crew. See, now this is this is why I'm not even going to be here anymore. Jonesy puts them on. Now I got to take mine off. It's like, <laughs> hey, brother, we can share. We can it's, share. Like, it's like hitting in the same group as Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, man. I can't keep up with that. Jonesy looks so good in them glasses. But here's the good news, right? Kratzy, if you got your pair and you're like, man, I look good. But then Jones gets the same pair and you're like, damn, I don't look as good as Jones. I can't have the same pair. You can exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. I'll put them on. That's Shady Rays for you. I don't know if Kratz is going to get sent back, though. Why? Because if he got that big old head, he might be stretched. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's also the broken or replacement situation. Lost and broken replacements is there for you as well, okay? It's the most ridiculous uh, protection in all of eyewear, every pair of sunglasses backed by lost and broken replacements. So they'll send you a brand new pair, no questions asked, if you lose or break your pair, okay? And if you're trying to get involved for the first time with a pair of Shady Rays, someone asked me about it yesterday. I said, it's very simple. Hit the website, ShadyRays.com. Use the code FOUL, F-O-U-L, for 50% off, two-plus pairs of polarized shades. Try for yourself. The sunglasses rated five stars by over 250,000 people. That was good. That was great with Brandon Belt. And we still have another one to go. Lane Thomas will join us. Also, if you're just joining us on FT Live. I kind of feel sorry for Lane. What? He's got to follow that. Yeah. Don't doubt Lane. A lot I'm of people not, have. I'm just saying it's A tough. lot of people did. True. Cardinals did. Look at him now. Yeah, so, he's having a great year. He's having a sick year. We'll get to Lane Thomas and the Nationals who have been good in the second half of the season. Just flat out good. They're playing good ball. Um, and also, if you missed anything on the waiver claims, because we just had the second trade deadline, then uh, make sure you just backtrack. But do it after the show, because we like to talk with you live. All right. Well, let's slap. We got something to hit. So just a little quote from uh, some of the Yanks, like Oswaldo Cabrera, the Yanks have a few players that are from Venezuela. And if you're watching the YouTube version right now, you can see he kind of held court with some of the young Yankee players, especially the ones that are from his native country. And they're just saying, like, he's their hero. And he 
still he's the talk of the town back at home. And he spent a lot of time with them just going over how he's thrived and succeeded. And um, Cabrera, as Waldo Cabrera of the Yanks said, you know, he grew up in Guaranas, Guaranas, a town about two hours northeast of Miggy's hometown of Marque. Whatever. Maracay. You can make fun of Maracay. Yeah, Maracay. Make, make fun of me. I'm, I'm super America. Uh, in Venezuela, everybody talks about him, he said. So he was just, um, it was, it's like his idol. He was just talking about how it's a, it's a huge deal. And Mickey's, Mickey's got a month left and then he's, he's done. So, I mean, you know, commissioner's one office of will probably try and bring him in with Adam and, yeah. and Pujols. And, yeah. One of the, the best crew. of all time. One of the best. <laughs> he said no. Hey, Jonesy. Jonesy. Miggy probably would say no, honestly. Miggy would say no. no. Miggy's, Miggy's like, dude, I made a ton of money. Like, he'll help dudes and all that. But I, I do feel like Miggy wants to be on more of like an informal, casual, like, I'll be around the game basis. Yeah, not they'll like, have him in Detroit doing stuff. Right. right but, yeah. like, I'll, I'll, I'll be on my own schedule. He doesn't want to massage Manfred's feet like Jonesy does. <laughs> I bought him that, uh, the, you know, that thing you get at Brookstone. Stick your feet in there, push the button. You massage your own feet. He needs it. He's stressed out. He's way too stressed hold, out. Hold on, Jonesy. I don't know if we're going to have you on before your big day. Uh, are you throwing out the first pitch? I don't know. I was. I, I would assume so, uh, but I can't. I can't say for sure. But I was just thinking, if I did, to throw a knuckleball. Okay, but, nice. but my, 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 my point to this is I know Frazier and I did it. We did it from the mound. Kratz did it the other day, didn't get up on the rubber. So make sure your ass walks up on the rubber. Oh, I'm getting on the rubber. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank yes, you. I'm getting on the rubber. Hey, I might do the, give you I might guys do the real... Gosman and get behind the rubber at Crow Hop. Oh, yeah. That's the real thing. Dexter Fowler cool. threw it from center field. You got to show me up. Come on. Did they give you a real <laughs> baseball, too? Because I threw a plastic giveaway ball. As the first pitch. <laughs> did it have a Somerset Patriot on it? It did, and it was they authenticated it too. <laughs> no way. They authenticated that? Wow. Kratz, we gotta do a redo. Uh, you gotta get you gotta get a big league toss. Like where where would where would it be? Philly? I got I got thirteen years in the bushes. It's very, very apropos that I had a that I had a first pitch in the bushes, not even in a stadium that I played in. Ever. <laughs> with it with a giveaway plastic yeah. ball too that's going to be in the second book that, <laughs> yeah exactly life after backup catcher <laughs> <laughs> on that note uh ken rosenthal back with us tomorrow to recap the second version of the trade deadline and brent Suter is back with us from the colorado rockies if he's still there he didn't get claimed he didn't get put on waivers rockies didn't wave anyone which is kind of weird with good internet this time yeah go for it please brent we got a lot to get to with him jonesy if we don't see you have a great first pitch and a great re-retirement i appreciate it uh you should you should kratz hats go raise doing it the right way <laughs> he's not gonna say anything <laughs> but there'll be a picture and it'll be called kratz hats on twitter always gets a lot of likes check it out we'll see you on friday not aj or that aj but kratz and me and yeah. Todd father look for me on big noon on saturday Ooh. are you going on the show yeah hell yeah Download the BetMGM Sports app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Use the bonus code FOUL. Sign up and deposit at least 10 bucks into your BetMGM Sportsbook account. And you place your first wager and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if that bet loses. It's a good deal going on right now. Hey, good promo. Jones, if it loses, your bonus bets will be available once your wager is settled. Gambling problem or concern? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.